back to the third episode of the Game 6 Podcast. I am your host, Evan Brewer, and my podfather alongside me, Stefan Luciani. Uh, I mean, a great weekend of football that just happened. I'm very excited for next weekend, but first we'll go into some of the game stuff. What did you think of this past weekend? Uh, some good football games, some kind of crappy football games. A couple Steelers, blowouts, yeah. Yeah, Steelers-Chiefs wasn't super exciting. Uh, Rams-Cards was pretty boring to be honest with you i stopped paying attention coming out of the half i uh, just before we uh, move on before we move on i just want you to acknowledge who was right last week you said the cardinals were gonna win i said they were gonna blow it i know i did i did honestly i wholeheartedly believed it like i genuinely thought the cards could do it and they look like crap they've been they bad man for a long time that's why i had no confidence in them and kyler murray i don't know what's happening with him you know what i mean like, okay, a little bit of a side note here because there was a listener of the show, good friend of mine, Ben Rawlings. He wanted us to talk ben. about, shout out Ben, he wanted us to talk about um, Kyler's performance relative to some other, um, you know, not so great playoff performances. So really quickly, we'll just rhyme off Kyler's stats that game. It was not good. It was tough. 137 yards, 19 for 34, no TDs, two picks, sacked twice. Uh, he had a QBR of 40.9 um he wasn't he wasn't good uh and rushing was no better he got six yards yeah so it was pretty poor uh definitely i wouldn't say it was one of the worst of all time i mean i did actually look up some of the worst playoff performances of all time uh and they're not good um but regardless wanted to address that really quickly kyler i I think i think that's just a bit of the inexperience i think it's the worst MVP uh, hopeful of all time. And that's where I'm going to leave that. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Not going to disagree on that one. Um, but the meat and the potatoes of the weekend, the big game that everyone is talking about uh, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers. Um, so assuming most of you who are listening, all tens of you, maybe uh, assuming you watch international the game. now, we checked the statistics. We got listeners in the States. We got listeners in the UK. Yeah. We have one it's, in, it's in Great Britain. It's fast. It's, it's, we're up, up and on bigger, better things. But for those of you who didn't watch it or didn't completely understand what was going on, obviously looked like Dallas was given the winning ticket there. Uh, less than a minute left. There was 47 seconds left to be exact. I believe uh, Dak's getting the ball back. They made quick work. They advanced. They moved they up the field yep. 40 yards on quick plays. That was a nice little nifty play. Uh, from the lateral, the CD there to, to run it to the outside. And that's the, I mean, that's the upside of Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator, right? Like he does have that stuff in his bag, even though I find the Dallas offense, especially the second half of the season was kind of, they ran a lot of basic concepts um, and it showed later down the stretch in this game. Um, yeah, Dak, Dak wasn't Dak. I feel like in, in the second half of the season there, um, Obviously, he wasn't great to begin with on Sunday. Uh, he had a completion rate of just over 50%, 250 yards, a TD, and a pick. Uh, but the ending is really what what sticks out in my mind there, and I'm sure what many will remember for a long time. Um, walk us through kind of what happened there and your thoughts when you were watching. So it, it the whole thing here kind of goes back to Mike McCarthy and like his time management skills. Like I've heard so many people say it, but I'm going to say it again. You could literally take a five-year-old and put him in the position and he would know how to manage time better than Mike McCarthy. I don't understand how he, how, why he does some of this stuff. I mean, first of all, I understand I was watching the game. 
Romo said, okay, QB draw. Sometimes it works. You want to get another 10-yard slide, clock the ball, whatever. But, I mean, Dak ran a little bit too far. I don't know if it was, it was like 15 yards or something like that. Couldn't get the ball clocked in time. 17. 17, 17 yards. Yeah, there you exactly. go. He, so he ran too far. So there's obviously miscommunication on how far he was supposed to run. Um, but that wasn't the only bad play call of the game. I mean, I liked when they were down, uh, I think it was two scores, and they punt, They did the fake punt. Yeah. And they left the punt team out there in an attempt to, I don't know, like uh, to for the Niners to burn a timeout. Yeah. But that there was so much confusion that they ended up taking a delay of game penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what player you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I don't know, because there's so much potential with this Dallas team. And I just feel with a guy like Mike McCarthy in charge, you're not really getting the most out of a lot of these young guys. Um, and I mean, credit to the Niners. They played really well, especially on defense uh, without Bosa and Warner for some of the game. It's just, it's really difficult for me to see Mike McCarthy. I mean, and I know Jerry Jones, he was angry after the game. I don't know if you saw the interview, but he was not very happy. He said yeah, to quote, wrong. he said it was, um, he doesn't remember the last time he felt that this disappointed after a loss. Yeah. And he also said with the talent that like that, that team has, they can't oh, be yeah. losing games like that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. It was, it's, it's just year after year kind of. I think team. discipline's another thing too. You got to remember they had 14 penalties. Yes. So they actually tied uh tied for second most penalties in playoff history with themselves. With themselves. Um it's the most in a loss, which actually I found this a little bit funny. It's the most in a loss, so the most penalties in playoff and NFL playoff history was actually a win, and it was the 94 Los Angeles Raiders uh committed 17 penalties and a 42 to 24 win over the Broncos. Six touchdowns, 17 penalties. So that's number one. But I think, yeah, I think that tells a lot more of the story. The fact that tied for second most in playoff history is Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think our change is coming. I don't know, because there's a lot of heat on Mike McCarthy, and I fully credit that. I mean, I just don't think he's the guy to, to move this team forward if they have any aspirations. But also Kellen Moore was looked at a guy who he, he might get a, a head coaching job this year. But again, like I said, the, the Cowboys offense down the stretch this season wasn't really anything special, they especially special. with all the guys yeah. they had on the team. And then a play call like that, that's like, it's one of those calls where you just, it's, it's season deciding, right? Obviously, like that ended their season, essentially. And I don't know if that tarnishes him. Dan Quinn, I think, should be a guy. I mean, he completely turned this defense around. Credit to him. Uh, Micah Parsons, obviously, when you have a guy like that. Uh, but also, yeah, he's a special like, talent. Special talent. But also, I know Trayvon Diggs got burned a lot this year. He, he did get a lot of picks. The defense was one of the biggest questions coming in to this season. And he's turned them around a lot. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets a job somewhere else. Um, I don't know. It, it, we'll have to see. No, for sure. And and I know one thing we talked about last week um, was Zeke and kind of the question marks around him. Now, it has come out since the game that he actually did play through a partially torn PCL during the season. He's not going to need surgery or anything. Um, I feel like that's just... I think it's safe to assume that they're, they're going to stick with Zeke, yeah? Yeah, but I also feel like that's... <laughs> like, that came out right after the game. I mean, so, it's the classic, like, oh, it is. This, I oh, like, I, I could have, like, we would have played better if Zeke hadn't torn his PCL or whatever. Like, come on. So then should the we, loss. what should we expect out of Zeke next year then? Should we expect a production increase? 
uh, I mean, I think his stats over the last few years have shown us no. Maybe, maybe the opposite. The opposite. I don't know if he'll – it might be a, like a split committee next year with him and Pollard. I'm not really sure. Yeah, um, fair enough. I don't know if anyone wants to take him on at this point in his career. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's it's, I, I feel like money, right? Like, I, yeah, I feel like he's going to want a lot of money. Um, and, and, and like you said, there's just a lot of question marks around him. So, I mean, he's still Zeke, but is he still, you know, Zeke? Is he still that guy? Yeah. Um, well, I think, a, I think a lot, I mean, I, I don't, I think the game plan going into the game this week for the Cowboys was awful, but I do want to credit the Niners because they played so well. I said before without Bosa for most of the game. And that's a big question mark for this week too, whether mm-hmm. he'll be back, uh, whether Fred Warner will be back. I know, uh, I think he came in for a few plays or whatever, but I can't remember. Um, they played really well. They rushed four guys the entire game and still got pressure on Dak, like forcing him to get the yeah, ball out fast. They, yeah, absolutely. And they also played zone most of the time, which was interesting because it forced him to put the ball into such a tight kind of space. I think because obviously man coverage, like you burn the guy, you're gone. But zone coverage, like if you you have to get that pass perfect or they're going to jump the route, whatever, pick it off. Um, I just think for the Niners, they had a lot of success this week, but they're coming up against a different monster this week with Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. And I want to bring up another point that you talked about there, which we'll get into a bit more when we get into the Packers Niners game. Um, But how well that line, that front four actually did without Warner and Bosa. Mm -hmm. Those are two, you know, X factor guys. Um, And without him, they still finished the game sacking Dak five times. And they finished 14 QB hits. And that's, I mean, speaking about this offensive line, they're going up against too. Like one of the best in the league. Um, A lot of big names on that, on that O line. And like you said, they did it without two of their star players. So it was yeah. just very it was it was well done all around by by the Niners. And they yeah, took a they lot of pressure. They, needed to. they took a lot of pressure off Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo gave the Niners every single chance to lose that game. Yeah, I know. He was like he did he, he he like the fact that the Cowboys were playing so bad and they only lost by seven points and and like could have scored easily in the last uh, last minute. I mean, it's just the defense played great. And uh, I don't know, man, uh, Jimmy G is just like, I don't know what you do with this guy. He's been questionable. So because we're talking about that now, we might as well just jump right into the Packers 49ers. Yeah. What we think yeah. about that one. Um, sticking with the Jimmy G gear here. Um, yeah. He, he hasn't been great. Second half of the season, especially, I mean, over the past three games alone, he has five picks and a sub 90 QBR. Yeah. He hasn't been great. Um, They do still have on paper, one of the best passing offenses in the league though, ranking first in yards per completion and yards after completion. Um, Obviously the yards after completion, a lot of that is credit. Well, I mean, it's all credit to uh, the receivers, especially guys like Debo Uh, and Brandon Ayuk has been has been, you know, stellar as well. In yeah, his he own stepped way. up big. Stepped up big in the. In the yeah, just not getting the credit necessarily that Debo is. Um, Debo has been an absolute weapon this year. Um, I don't know if you saw that that post game interview that he had with that that kid, that young Dylan, the Nickelodeon kid. Yeah, yeah, that was actually very entertaining. Um, but regardless, I mean, last week he's a receiver and he had seventy two yards and a, and a touchdown on the ground last week. Yeah, I want to see the stats to see how much he lines up in the backfield, like compared to like. Out of the receiver, slot or like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's definitely got to be close, right? 
Like the guy lines up in the backfield. I, I would say it's time. almost 50 50 like, yeah. at this point. I mean, obviously his receipt, I mean, he's still a receiver. That's his primary position. And, and the numbers do reflect that 1400 yards, uh, number one in yards per completion at almost 20, which is pretty ridiculous. If I, I mean, I think that's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they, I think they're going to need to really focus on the rush uh, as Packers do have not a great rush defense. They allow almost five yards per carry. Well, they're going to need to control the clock in this game. For sure. I think try and keep Rogers off of the, uh, off the, off, like, what am I saying? Off the ball here at, like, at all costs, because if they get like a score, like a couple score lead, I, I just don't see how the Niners offense can kind of use G- Garoppolo to get back into the game. Um, I think it's interesting on the Packers side. Um, like this is a very, like, I, I know, I know the Niners had a great week this week and they upset the Cowboys and everyone's probably like, Oh, but was it really a great week? Well, you for the I defense, mean? I think for the defense, it was for the offense. Okay, yes, fair it, was, it was not bad. Like it was okay. Um, especially the second half by Garoppolo, Garoppolo was awful. Um, but I mean, people are probably out there saying, okay, this team can ride into um, into the playoffs or sorry, into this week against Green Bay and maybe take the momentum and maybe, I don't know, they're 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 kind of uh, Green Bay's been off for a while and and they won't be as fresh, whatever. I looked today <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. Nick Bosa, we don't know what his status is. Fred Warner, don't know what his status is. For the Packers, they get David Batiari back at left tackle. I know he played last week um, for a few snaps, but that's a which big is guy. huge. Which yeah, is huge. O-line. I mean, all pro alignment like that. I mean, he's yeah. he's a top guy. He's a proper lineman. They also get back Jair Alexander. Yep. Saw so that hasn't played since week four, right? They get back Zadarius Smith, who's been out mm-hmm. since week one, and yep. Whitney Merciless, who's been out. Uh, they acquired him in the, uh, halfway through the season. He hasn't really played at all, and they still got the one seed. Which I think is insane. They get all those are four huge names that are coming back. Put this it together week. like that. That's actually yeah, it is right. Lot. Like this this team is so. I mean, they're deep. They, and their team has been able to pr- produce with those big names out. Um, even guys like I mean, even like you know, Rogers has been talking about how uh, they they he needs a second option at receiver for so yeah. long. Alan Lazard has Lazard has been great. I, I, I that. he he is overlooked. An immense amount. Yeah. And I mean, obviously great quarterbacks are going to make like not like, like they're going to make players better or great players are going to make great players better. You know, saying um, in the last five weeks, Alan Lazard has the second most receiving touchdowns in the league. Do you know who the only person he's behind is? Who's that? Devontae Adams. Okay. So there you go. So, I mean, it's really, if Rogers can slice and dice through this defense, no matter how much momentum they're riding into this week, I just can't see the Niners pulling this one out. I, I no, just... I, I, I got to agree with you on this one. I mean, obviously Rogers himself having another MVP year, 37 tidies, only f- four picks that I think that stat. And I think is, a lot of them were thrown early on the season too. And they were, he Rogers just does not throw picks. No, um, he's unreal. Like he, he really is. Uh, like I said, 37 TDs, four picks, best QBR in the league at 111. Uh, in his last seven games, he has 20 touchdowns and not a single pick. 
So, and, and that connection with Devontae that we said, obviously he's got Lazard, but that connection with Devontae is unmatched. Uh, Green Bay is 7-0 and in games where Devontae has over 100 yards. Um, and he finished with a total of 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now, the O-line, granted, they did not have Bakhtiari, um, but they weren't fantastic. They were ranked 18th by PFF. Um, and Rodgers was good for almost two sacks a game. Um, and, and he's still putting up those numbers, though. Uh, and, and obviously key point is they do have Bakhtiari back now so yeah I, I think I, a lot I of know. a lot of things are really pointing to the Packers you know things are lining up for them yeah I, I think I think they should come into this one pretty confident it's at home whatever I think even if it's a close game late on and if there's a way to bet on this I would I think if it's a close game late on I can bank on a Jimmy Garoppolo mistake ruining this game for for uh, San Francisco just like how it has during his entire era um at uh with the Niners 100%. If this game is a one score uh, he's, game, he's good for a pick. He's good yeah, for a pick. If this game is a one score game late on and they're 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 coming down the field, they're the the offense is hot. I mean, they've been carrying for 10 yards of carry on the last four plays. He's going to throw a pick. I'm telling you right now. And you know what? That's and that's obviously what they need to avoid at all costs aside from the fact that well, you know, it's football. You don't want to throw yeah. interceptions. But the 49ers are two and six in games where he throws just one pick. Yeah. Or a minimum, pardon me, a minimum of just one pick. They're two and six. So yeah, that's they they really need to, to tighten down on that. He he can't he cannot afford to make any mistakes. Jimmy needs to be perfect in this game if he wants to be it the is, Packers. Which I don't think will happen. Um, I don't know. But I don't know. It's going to be tough. We'll um, like I said, they're going to need to take advantage of the rush game, not just with Debo. They do also have Elijah Mitchell. Um, hit 100 yards rushing in five of 11 games he played in this year. Uh, and he's averaging almost 90 yards per game and five total TDs. Um, kind of gone so under the radar, which is... He uh, has gone under the radar. Um, and I think a lot of that, obviously, similar to, to Ayuk, a lot of it just goes with the fact that Debo has been uh, a star, not just because of his stats, but just because of what he's doing. You know, he's a he's a, he's a toolbox. He's a breakout star too. I mean, he's he, he flashy is. and yeah, so. exactly. He's a, he's he's a guy you want to root for. So Packers 49ers, that is on Sunday. Well, that Pack- is the, that's a late Sunday game. Um, uh, I can't remember. No, late is, Sunday yes. game is Bills Chiefs, isn't it? No, that's six p.m. I think eight p.m. is the Packers Niners. Uh, there's not a there's not a late one on uh on Sunday. I don't think. Okay, well then maybe I'm just wrong. I think it might be Whatever. Saturday. I don't know. Okay, they play this weekend. They do. They do play this that weekend. Can confirm. Yeah, Saturday eight fifteen. Okay. Oh, Saturday eight fifteen. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, you know who else plays this weekend? Thomas Brady. You. Rams Bucks. Um, another thing. Okay, actually, one thing that I completely overlooked that I did want to talk about. Three of the four matchups left are rematches from the regular season, which um, I think is exciting. Mm-hmm. I. For some reason, I know I know it, it's no different, okay? I, and obviously, like, you know, every team this week is playing for the exact same thing they were playing last week, and it's just to get that one step closer to a Super Bowl. That's evident. But there's something about the rematches that have a bit of a different feel. Obviously, Bengals-Titans hadn't played each other, didn't play each other in the regular season. Rams-Bucks did. Packers-Niners did. Bills-Chiefs did. Um, there's something about those games that just, to me, carries a bit more weight. I don't know why, and it should similar with each. I mean, they kind of understand each other, I guess, a little better. But um... I guess you could say that. Yeah. Regardless, Rams Bucks played each other early on. Now that was week three. 
Rams beat the Bucks 34 to 24. Stafford was an absolute stud that game through for just south of 350, four TDs, had a 134 QBR. Brady also was a stud that game, threw for 432 in a TD, but he was playing from behind for most of the game. Yeah, um I don't I don't know because it was interesting to see this week I think uh for the Bucks they kind of I mean obviously not kind of they did cruise <clears throat> the entire game. Um, they went up big early. They just could could run the ball, whatever. I think their defense really stepped up this week, which was impressive. Coming into yeah. this week, the Eagles were the number one rush team in the entire NFL, right? They they averaged, I can't remember, I said the stat in the last episode, it was like 175, only team in NFL history to have seven straight games of like 175 rushing yards or something like that. Yeah. And they, limit the, they limited them to 95 total yards. Which was impressive, um, given they the, the Eagles were also down the whole game and they had to throw the ball more. Um, but still, I think that was uh, that was impressive. They do kind of, I mean, the status of like Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen are both up in the air this week, which could throw which them is off. Concerning. Those, yeah. are, I mean, they're two of their best. Arguably, they're two best linemen. Well, not really, arguably, they're the two best linemen. It is, but I also like the versatility that the Bucks have been able to kind of implement. Even since Brown uh, walked off the field and Chris Godwin hurt himself, like the first eight passes last week went to six different receivers. Well, that's I actually thought, something that I was yeah sorry no finish. I just I just think think like I mean it's we've seen it all throughout Tom Brady's career. The guy finds like stars and people who aren't stars, right? Like, and he gets the ball out so fast, which is why I think it's. I mean, the, the pass rush last week for the Rams was putting so much pressure. Um, oh my God, why can't I remember this on the cart on Kyler Murray? Um, but Brady gets the ball out so quick. So it'd be interesting to see how that kind of matches up, uh, with Aaron Donald on the inside as well. Yep. Especially with that possibly, you know, injury riddled line there, but a point you brought up there, no Godwin and obviously no AB following that theatric ending to the tenure there. Um, he has, he's been sharing the targets, all wide receivers and tight ends and Giovanni Bernard included, um, Giovanni all of them, Bernard. all of them except for Bray, had a minimum of thirty yards uh, receiving on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So he's passing it around. He's sharing, you know, he's sharing the wealth. And they're going to need to stick to that passing game simply because of the fact that the rush game, it, you know, it has been struggling with no playoff Lenny. Um, he's still not confirmed nor one hundred percent out. Um, he but, could you know, be back. Yeah. I mean, that's a big. Uh, if you add him back to the roster, that's, that's massive, big, right? That um, is massive. But without him, the, it's been the struggles have been showing without him. You know, they had 31 carries for just over 100 yards at three and a bit yards per carry without him. But on the other end, they did hold the Eagles running back to just three yards per carry. So if their rush game isn't working, I mean, it kind of worked last week, so they can hope to do that against a Rams team that doesn't really have like a set number one back. I mean, Cam Akers was really good when he came in last week. Um, I mean, he went for what 90. 90 something yards after yeah, before he turned Oda Baker's brain into a plate of nacho cheese. Yeah. The, I mean, he said after the, after the game, like he's, he was like disrespecting him after he hit him and he was like, Oh, I didn't know like he was injured and stuff like that. But I, I mean, mean, in all fairness, like obviously, yeah, he was twitching on the ground, but in all fairness to acres, like obviously it's not what he, he looked down, you know, made the gesture. I'm sure he felt awful 
when he realized that they were bringing out the backboard yeah. and stuff. I don't think, I don't think he wanted him to be hurt, but yeah, that was a scary moment for sure. I, I think in this game, um, it's just, I mean, it's really going to come. And I know throughout his career, it's been so hard to do this, but just getting pressure to Brady and kind of disrupting him. I mean, throughout his career, disruption in the middle of the pocket and pushing him to move outside is just something that he's not used to. Obviously he's a pocket passer. He isn't very mobile. Um, Aaron Donald's going to have to have a huge game. That whole LA front is going to have to have a huge game. Well, you know what? We talked about this last week and I don't think we gave enough credit where it was due. Von Miller over the course of the season. Was he great? No, he wasn't great, but he has been looking you know, he's been showing signs of the old Von Miller of late. Uh, you know, he's got he's got a sack in his last five games. So if that line is going to be down some, you know, some personnel, uh, they're really going to need to turn to Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Those guys are going to need to step up and those guys are going to need to put the pressure on Brady. And I kind of thought it, I mean, I did think the Bucks would win that game last week pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I thought the Eagles might put up a better fight. I, I think we both did. We talked about that. We I, I didn't think it was going to be... Obviously, they had a little bit of late life there, but it was way too little too late. And, I thought they were going to at least come out, you know, with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder wanting to, and to those, give I Brady mean, and the Bucks a fight. The points that they did score, I don't really count. Cause like, no, because they they're, they're pretty well... I mean, it wasn't... It was 31 it was nothing, wasn't garbage it? time. Yeah, yeah, it was 31 nothing, and they put 15 points up. So, like, so, it's... What would you, you know, what they were talking about benching Brady at that point, and then they put a few scores on, so they wouldn't. But I think there's just a lot of missed opportunities all around for Philly. Um, and I don't really know where they go from here on out. I just want to say, and I've voiced this opinion many times, I think taking Jalen Rager above Justin Jefferson in the draft should be a federal crime. Because... It, you don't say the amount of, I think he muffed two punts the other day or, or during the box game. Yeah, it was two back to back, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and it was just, it's like, dude, come on. I mean, he's done nothing in his first two years. He has more fumbles than he has touchdowns. Um, and he has 62 receptions for 670 yards. And then you look at JJ as a first round. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson now, granted, every like, first round receiver is not going to be JJ, no, or Jamar true. Chase, but they've but, also had trouble drafting in the past, and they have three first round draft picks this year. I just don't. I, I hope. I hope that they can. They better move on their draft studs. struggles. They yeah. better pick some studs. But they just haven't. They had trouble in the past, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I know it was confirmed today that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter, and I think he should be. For next yeah, season. I saw that today. They are sticking with him. I, I do agree with that. I yeah. do agree with he's that. He's young, right? I mean, he's only really had a season. Of, I mean, he had this full season, then a couple games last year. Yeah, um, well, that's that's the thing is he came in because he started later on in the season, in his rookie season. A lot of people looked at him coming back this year as a second year starter. He wasn't. For all intents and purposes, he's a ro- like he was a rookie this year. You know, he only started, I think, what, four or five games something like that, in yeah. 2020. Yeah, and you know, I think we talked about this last week, whether it was on here or just in our own conversation. Things changed when Josh Rosen was given up on after one year. It made a lot of teams look differently at the QB position, and it made them much more cutthroat. You got to let these guys develop. Yeah, the NFL is not college; it's a completely different game, and these well, young QBs you are coming in. Look, look at look at Trevor Lawrence. I mean. The guy has been the number one prospect for 
I remember seeing like like they were talking about this guy. Uh, young, mean, yeah, young high yeah. school highlights of Trevor Lawrence, and he's high been, like, school. The they were talking one. about he might be one of the greatest college players of all time. Yeah. In high school, and he comes into and he comes into the NFL and he looks awful, right? Like I think he'll improve. I do. I think it's a bad situation that he's in in Jacksonville. Absolutely, but. I mean, yeah, I the agree. First overall pick again. You got to give him some time. I think Dallas Goddard is a guy who was underappreciated this year. He played. He had a, a big game. He had a few drops in this in this one, but I think overall he was great. Though I mean, I have him on my fantasy. I've had him for yeah. the last two years, and he's been solid. Yeah. He's always a guy that's just you know he 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 but grinds with, dirty work. Even with Zach Ertz moving on, like he stepped up into that, and he's like a number one tight end, no doubt about it. Now, and I, I think Absolutely. it's actually impressive, like just to go off topic a little bit how like the tight end position is kind of like there's more big names like there used to be like not re- there used to be like one two guys even the past like five years it was like okay kelsey gronk whatever but there's guys coming out of like nowhere now you know what i mean like there's goddard there's i mean Ertz. i mean he's a little bit on the downfall whatever there's mark yeah Andrews, but i mean i thought that move, i thought that move to uh to the cards was pretty good for him yeah um i thought he did well there i thought he fit in well there and just to add on to your point there, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, you could probably, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't rhyme every single one off. But if you sat me down and gave me a piece of paper and said, name every team's tight end, I'd probably be able like there most of them are known names at this point. Yeah. I mean, even like, like guys like, uh, like, like Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. He came in. Yep. I mean, Dawson Knox had a great year. Darren Waller, Mike Kosicki, like TJ Hawkinson, even like everyone. There's just so many for the Bengals. TJ Hawk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I love that the position is getting, uh, it's getting more love now, you know? Yep. And it's such a versatile position too, because you got guys like Waller who are, you know, primarily just large receivers if for all intents and purposes. And then you guys got guys like Kittle who, you know, great receiver. I, I, I think personal opinion i think kittle is probably one of if not the best tight ends in the league oh man can you imagine um, I, I, being can you, can you he, imagine being a tiny safety and seeing this guy run at you with debo samuel falling behind oh, he's a psychopath like <laughs> and he loves it like he loves the like i, I think that they said in an interview that was i'm trying to remember where exactly it was but it was an interview i believe it was last year and they asked them they said game winning touchdown in the super bowl or you know game ceiling you know massive blow up block mm-hmm on the goal line to let your running back at the touchdown. He chose to block every day. He's like, I love blowing kids up. <laughs> so I, I mean, I personally wouldn't want to line up against him on the line of scrimmage there. Yeah. Um, who do you, I mean, who do you I, have in this one? Let's say Rams box. Who, who are you taking? <sighs> to be honest with you, I hadn't actually, I haven't taken anybody yet. This is a really, I think this is going to be a good matchup. I think this the is Rams, the second most exciting game of the weekend. The second. I wonder what the first is. I think you know um, what the first is. I think I know what the first is. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? I really don't know. Right now, I think the – who's who's? did you take a look? Who's favored? I looked earlier this morning. It's Tampa Bay. Tampa it Bay is favored. It is Tampa's yeah. favored. It's a, it's a very small point spread, correct? Uh, I believe it's three and a half I was going to say minus three, like minus that. four. No more than minus yeah. four. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a tight one. This is going to be, I hope, I hope, I hope we don't get another blowout. I hope the Bucks don't show up and absolutely dummy them and vice versa. Like I want a battle. I want to shoot out to the end. Well, that Rams secondary, I mean, they weren't, they weren't as good as, I mean, people expected them to be last week. They showed up Jalen Ramsey still had a great season, but they kind of deteriorated a little bit from previous years. Um, 
but yeah, I they weren't think... they they weren't fantastic. They gave up the the Rams secondary gave up the third most receptions and fourth most yards, and they tied for second most touchdowns allowed to receivers. Yeah, um, they did have the second most interceptions on the season. Um, I think this is a game where yeah. where Brady is kind of a more um, experienced quarterback, unlike Kyler yes. Murray, where he will um, he will exploit the weaknesses in the defense, obviously a lot better. Yeah. So I think he's going to be, you, you can look at him to target guys like Eric Weddle, who's coming back after a long hiatus and he'll kind of find who he thinks is the weaker parts of that defense yep, absolutely. and just shred them. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting. We have to look at as well as, you know, calling Stafford inexperienced because well, not Stafford, not, not Stafford. I meant Kyler from, uh, from last week. Oh yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying, but I, I mean comparing to to Brady. Oh yeah, so obviously yeah. you're talking about Brady now, and relative to Stafford, I, I mean I consider Stafford still inexperienced. I mean he only got his first playoff win last week. Um, the Bucks D line is the front four; they're really going to need to pressure him on that one. Um, yeah, they, the Bucks D line does have the second highest pressure percentage and the second most QB hits. Um, they blitzed, you know, more. They blitzed more than any other team in football. And Stafford has proven that he does struggle when that pressure comes in. When the pressure is allowed to get through, he's not great. So here's kind of an interesting stat is he has a 136.9 rating against the Blitz, which is the highest in the NFL, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's almost perfect. But if he doesn't get the ball out quick enough and that pressure reaches him, his QBR drops to 60.4, which is 20th in the league. So, I mean, they're going to be asking a lot of that O-line. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, the Bucks, gonna, yeah. the Bucks front was good too. I mean, they blitzed on 40% of, of plays uh, in last game. Uh, yeah. And they picked uh, they picked uh, Jalen Hurts off twice when they forced him to throw. So, we'll see if they can do the same um, this yeah. week. Um, it's one thing to sure, blitz, but it's, it's another thing to actually get there and apply the pressure. Yeah. Um, and Stafford's going to need to share his targets, obviously. He's got Higby. He's got Jefferson. He's got OBJ, and obviously he's got Cup, who has been amazing. Uh, I mean, this is, I heard them talk about this on the broadcast the other day. He has just under 900 yards just after the catch. Yeah. It's, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. He has so many like long plays this season. It's, um, it's, uh, it's just to keep the play alive. I mean, his athleticism. Yeah. He's just elusive and everything. I'm so going to go, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with my pick. I'm going to throw it up and say the Rams. Taking I'm just going to, I'm going to say the Rams. I'm going to bet against Tom Brady. I know I'm probably wrong. Actually, I know I'm wrong because they'll probably get smacked. <laughs> I just think, I think the, I think the front of the Rams team will disrupt Brady enough. They'll get him out of the pocket and make him uncomfortable. And I think that'll really disrupt how he plays. I know we, I mean, he'll probably put up huge numbers anyways, but it comes down to if Stafford can produce with that offense, I think he's going to be able to, uh, I'll go Rams. You know what? I am inclined to agree with you simply because of the fact that, um, even, even like we talked, we just obviously spoke about the fact that the Bucks defense does blitz so often, you know, that, that Rams line has done enough to protect Stafford. Um, and as long as they could just keep the pressure from reaching him most of the time, I, I think he's going to be okay. Um, 
now the front four for the Rams, obviously you got Miller, Donald. Um, and if that line, you know, I, I've, I said it earlier and I'm going to keep preaching it. If that line is even remotely not 100%, I think Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to make, you know, make it a very long night for Tom Brady. They're going to eat. They are going to eat. They are going to feast for sure. All right. So, I mean, that does it for the, the two NFC matchups. We will dive into the AFC matchups in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. It's coming very soon. 